streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, and it has been a while, and I'm sorry for that. Uh, So there's a lot to catch up on. We're going to break this one down into three segments, and we're going to jump in right away uh, with the couple of football transfers uh, the team has picked up and a couple that the team has lost uh, since the end of spring football. Um, The first one, Kobe Wilson out of Temple. uh, That fills a much uh, needed spot at linebacker um, that just is a little bare uh, coming into this season. Um, And there's uh, a lot to like about Wilson. Uh, Veteran guy. um, Played a, a good bit at Temple. Uh, over his three years there, uh, started as a true freshman in the 2020 season, um, and then kind of was a backup uh, kind of rotational guy his uh, next two seasons, but has over 100 career tackles, uh, I mean almost 130 career tackles, uh, 11.5 11.5 career tackles for loss. He's forced to fumble every season. He recovered a pair of fumbles last year. Um, just a guy that will come in with experience, gives you some depth, gives you some wiggle room, um, especially in case Alex Kilgore isn't quite ready to go uh, at the beginning of the season. You know, he's a guy that can come in um knows the position and knows how to play it at a high level. So uh, he'll obviously need to learn the scheme a little bit and the terminology a little bit. Um, But he is a guy that should be able to come in and compete for playing time right away this summer. Uh, And the other one, which just came around this weekend, Cam Robertson, uh, defensive line edge, uh, transfers after one season at North Texas. Um, was a really good season. Uh, for him at North Texas, he was all uh, on the Conference USA all freshman team. Um, again, you know, just a guy that can come in, can probably play right away. Um, and you know, somebody asked on the board, "Is this just a depth fit? Is this, you know, what what really is this for the Mustangs?" And I think for this first year, I think he's probably in that maybe depth fit category um, just because I do think you have um, Nelson Paul who's pretty solidified uh, on one edge kind of in that bandit spot Um, and then how uh, you know you've got Isaiah Smith who got playing time last year Um, but you know you're still kind of bringing uh, David Abiara along a little bit you don't really know the status of uh, Jalen Samuels, who was suspended for all of spring. Um, so I think bringing in a guy who can play on the edge, can probably fit in that bandit role uh, pretty well for Calvin Thibodeau. You know, he just he gives you 
depth again it's so big to be able to rotate these guys you know at the the end of spring coach Thibodeau talked about really wanting to be able to rotate you know eight maybe even upwards of 10 guys and this piece gets you closer to being able to do that um you know you've got Elijah Roberts out there as well I, I didn't mention him um on one edge who's really kind of solidified I think the starting spot um and so I think that's just a really nice pickup. You get three years out of him as well, which I think is is big um, in kind of what they've done in the transfer portal. You know, they've they've done some some good uh, one off guys that have one year and then they're done. But you know, they've done a really good job of bringing in guys with multiple years that can come in and have an impact, but are also uh, going to be around for a while. Um, and then obviously the uh, rumor mill on Jordan Hudson and how that's looking. Um, you know, uh, I know uh, a crystal ball was put in uh, recently uh, on him uh, by uh, 24-7 national writer Chris Hummer. Um, I've got a crystal ball in for SMU for him as well. Um but I also don't think that this is something that Hudson uh, is really in a hurry to do. Again, um, can't really do anything until January or January, June first, uh, anyway, uh, when he could enroll and start the summer workouts and start some of those um, workouts that he can do with the team. Um, so it might still be a little bit before we see that. You know, he hasn't really put out much information. Um, on it um but i still think smu is the front runner there uh i think it has been from the start uh i think obviously when you've got a talent like that other programs and schools and teams are going to try to make some inroads uh i think for him he's got to listen to those just because um it's your future it's your playing career and everything but i do think him uh, ending up at SMU uh, is the most likely scenario right now. Um, as far as any other possible transfer pickups, I think if you look, um, you know, the, a lot has been need-based. Um, you know, I think talking about Kobe Wilson at linebacker, even Robertson at defensive line, I think you were feeling pretty good about the defensive line coming out of spring. But you've, you've really got to feel good um, at this point. You know, I think there might be, if an offensive lineman they like becomes available, I think you've got to try and, and make a move uh, there. Just to solidify some spots, you've got some injury questions uh, lingering. Um, you're already bringing in two transfers and three uh, true freshman starting June 1st. Um, but I think, you know, there, there could still be some, some movement there, uh, on the offensive line. And then I think, you know, kind of like a, a Jordan Hudson where I, you would in no way call wide receiver a need, but if there is an elite talent out there, uh, that is interested, I think, uh, you definitely throw your hat in the ring and, and see what you can do there. Um, you know, the transfers that they had this spring just made such a difference. 
Um, obviously, there's some high-level talent in there, um, but also just the depth that that gives you. It takes guys that maybe were forced to play a ton of snaps, and you can reduce the number of snaps they have to take now, or guys that maybe were starting out of necessity um, that maybe are a better number two player and maybe puts them in a better position to have success. Um, and then it also pushes guys. You know, I don't think, especially if you look at maybe the secondary last year, um, there weren't too many questions about who was starting, who was getting playing time. Um, and guys maybe got a little too relaxed and a little too comfortable knowing they were playing. Well, you can't do that now. You've got to make that push to get playing time, to start, to do all of those things now. Um, and that just makes you so much better um, top to bottom. Um, I think the guys they are rolling out are going to be better. I think you then had guys that were taking 80 snaps a game that are now going to be able to take 40 to 50 and be better for those 40 to 50 and then are going to be better as the season goes on. Um, so I think those are kind of what you might see uh, additions through the portal at this point um, because I don't really feel like there is a true need. Um, maybe adding another offensive lineman would fit into that category, but outside of that, not too much. Um, on the outgoing transfers, you know, again, not too much that really shakes uh, your depth chart up too much you know uh recently trey siggers uh announced his commitment and signed with incarnate word um brennan hall uh announced his commitment to montana state um and then you had a couple additions to the transfer portal tight end simon Mag uh, simon gonzalez um and some others in there but again you know nothing that really really worries you uh, as an SMU fan. I think there are a couple, you know, the, uh, you know, like a Rhett Larson who uh, redshirted that you never really got to see what he might be. Um, and there are a couple young guys from SMU in the transfer portal like that. Um, but really, I mean, there's a lot of guys who, as they brought in more talent and better talent, were kind of falling down the depth chart. And, uh, those really aren't going to be significant losses. And um, in some kind of harsh reality and honesty, uh, open up some scholarship spots for uh, better players who can have a, a bigger impact. Uh, and I think that's got to be nice to see uh, as an SMU fan is that, you know, you aren't losing quality players who are then going to quote-unquote bigger programs or going to power five programs. You're really just kind of um, losing some extra fat that kind of trims you down and, and honestly probably puts you in a better place moving forward. Um, but that kind of is where the, the football transfers are. Um, you know, Robertson was the big one. Uh, coming off the official visit to Colorado during their spring game. Um, I think it says a lot about SMU that not only was he not swayed by uh, what's going on over there and Coach Prime, but that it was pretty immediate after his official visit to SMU that he made that commitment announcement. Um, I think that's a, a good sign and 
and a really good fit for this program. Uh, when we return, we'll uh, flip over to the basketball side of the transfer portal world. Um, this is the Pony Stampede podcast. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast as we check the transfer portal uh, flip over from football to basketball. Basketball team got its third uh, transfer portal commitment in Tyreek Smith, most recently of Oklahoma State. He started his career at Texas Tech. Um, He's the first big man uh, for Rob Lanier and his crew um, who have added already Chuck Harris and Denver Anglin. Um, Just a couple Interesting notes, Anglin was a four-star coming out of high school. He's got a three-star transfer rating. Uh, Chuck Harris was a three-star coming out of high school. He is now a four-star transfer. Uh, Tyreek does not have a transfer rating just yet. Um, You know, you talk about needs. Uh, Chuck Harris is more of a true point guard, where Denver's a little more of a combo guard who they will probably uh, try to fit at point guard. But to come out and to um, get some guys that can distribute the ball, that can do some more things than what uh, the Mustangs got out of that position last year. I think Jalen Smith stepped in and did a pretty uh, admirable job considering uh, the situation he was under. Um, You know, obviously, uh, when Zurich has the ball in his hands, he's much more likely to create for himself than he is others. I think he will be even better uh, moving forward when uh, he's got somebody that can kind of create for him, um, and then he can still create for himself uh, just in a much different play from a different place than trying to play point guard. Um, I still think Samuel Williamson might have been their best ball handler last year. Um, you know, hopefully he is continuing to get healthy. Uh, Many of you may have seen him uh, on Thursday night. He was with fellow Rockwall High uh, alum Jackson Smith Nigba uh, at the NFL draft in Kansas City. Uh, was with him as he was drafted in the first round by the Seattle Seahawks, um, and then uh, came back to town and received the uh, comeback player or newcomer of the year uh, on the men's side at the SMU Awards on Sunday night. Um, but I think, you know, adding a couple guards who do some things that you didn't have last year is going to be important. You know, uh, when I talked to coach Lanier a month, month and a half ago or so, you know, he said he doesn't want just one point guard. He wants two. Um, and these are guys with years, um, you know, Denver, uh, will have three years left. Uh, Chuck has a couple years left. Um, so again, those are, uh, the transfers, 
Uh, Coach Lanier likes to get some guys that will have some longevity in the program and aren't the one-and-done type of players. Um, With Tyreek Smith, it'll be really interesting. Uh, He started uh, a couple games mid-year for Oklahoma State and then started their final seven games of the season, which included uh, their Big 12 tournament loss to Texas and then three games in the NIT. Um, I think you see that production spike when he gets uh, on the court early, when he gets um, more time on the floor. Uh, I think you look uh, at the numbers from those games, and it really stands out uh, what he did uh, in those starts. compared to kind of what he did as a, as a bench guy. Uh, you know, in those starts, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 7 points, 14 rebounds, uh, 2.7 rebounds, that was in the game against Texas. Uh, and then in the three NIT games, 13 and 12, 11 and 10, 5 and 10. Um, you know, if you take his season point and rebound production and put it up to a 30-minute Per game uh, on court time, he'd be at 9.4 points, 8 rebounds last season. Um, You know, that's a guy that can probably come in and and compete um, for a starting spot. He's a high-energy guy. He's got athleticism. Um, In some of his scouting stuff, he's been described as a rebounder and a defender, which are two areas that SMU definitely struggled inside last year um and you know you it'll also give Lanier some uh some things to decide on how he wants to use his starting lineup and if he really wants to go one true big man um I think Tyreek can probably battle for a spot there um you know I like what Keon Ambrose Hilton gives you uh but I don't know if he's as refined, honestly, as Tyreek Smith is, who's now been in college for four years, played three years, finished last year as a starter. Um, You know, you still don't know Xavier Foster. A lot of excitement and hype around him. Didn't actually get to see him play really last year. Um, Mo Jai, kind of same thing, had some spurts where he he looked good, but not a ton of minutes. and so I think Tyreek probably has the leg up on those guys, especially at the start of the season, um, coming in with that kind of experience um, to possibly get in the starting lineup. Um, and obviously, you know, there's still the question mark around Zurich, uh, who obviously declared for the draft but is maintaining his eligibility. My gut feeling is is he will be back on the roster next year put up good numbers last season. I don't think he's NBA ready yet. I hope he gets some good feedback from teams on what to work on. I hope he takes that to heart and puts in that work for this upcoming season uh, and we see the best version uh, yet of Zurich Phelps. Um, I think we see a better Samuel Williamson than we did last year. Um I think there's a lot to be excited about with this group. They definitely still need to add more. You know, I think they probably need six uh, new players. They have three. 
Um, you know, they were a, a finalist um, for the Iona transfer who ended up going patino to patino at New Mexico State. They were uh, in the top five for uh, Tarleton State uh, transfer Freddie Hicks, and he ended up going elsewhere. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. There's there's still a lot of good talent out there in the transfer portal. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they go after and um, what they are possibly able to land. Um, and then obviously, you know, you want to see uh, them do a lot, you know, coach Lanier kind of said they're not going high school again this year. Uh, and they're really putting a lot of focus into, uh, that 2024 recruiting class. Um, so, you know, you want to see them, uh, continue to be named with being at some of these, uh, camps over the summer and, uh, putting in a lot of good face time with, uh, those, uh, 2024 players as they you know try to build those relationships and and try to try to get into the high school ranks in 2024 um and what that looks like moving forward um and now we will take another quick break um and talk a little uh 2024 recruiting on the football side a lot of offers out recently um, I'll hit some high points and uh, talk a little spring high school football uh, when we return. This is the Pony Stampede podcast, and we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm just going to hit a little bit on some high school recruiting for the 2024 class. Um, a good number of offers have gone out pretty recently uh, in the 2024 class. Um, and there are, some, there are some good ones there. Um, there's some, you know, you've got like a first offer to a guy like St uh, Sterling Brooks, uh, who's a defensive lineman at North Crowley uh, here in the Metroplex. Um, but you've also got some guys who have some stars attached to their names. And I think it's, you know, I think you can take stars for face value of what they are. Um, but I do think it, it generally means something. I do think it means something when you're offering a four-star offensive lineman like they did with Weston Davis out of Beaumont United um, or his, uh, Beaumont Westbrook three-star edge Jalen Jones. Um, there's a lot to be said about putting in uh, that work. You know, Just like I said with Coach Lanier and the basketball team, um, it's not all about stars, but you know, they aren't given out as random as a lot of people 
like to think they are. Um, and no, they don't always pan out, but that does, uh, does mean something, uh, to be in that caliber. Uh, also a couple of, you know, uh, 2025, four stars, uh, in Galveston ball linebacker, Jonah Williams, you know, he's the number three linebacker in his class. Uh, also have, uh, 2025, four star Port Arthur Memorial defensive lineman, Michael Riles, um, 2025 four-star safety Trey Fuller out of Shreveport, Captain Shreve. Um, 2025 four-star Galveston Ball defensive lineman Malcolm Simpson. Um, So, you know, I think that's kind of the next step in the progression of uh, the SMU football program. They have dominated uh, the transfer market the last couple years. Um, and again, I really like this year's, the 2023 signing class that they got. Um, but they were all three stars, you know, they already have a, a four star in John Marie Cauley, um, out of South Oak cliff for the 2024 class. Um, I think there's still a chance, um, that if Aronson puts together, uh, a good season, he could jump and, and be a four star, uh, quarterback recruit. Uh, for this uh, for this team um, and so as they've kind of made inroads to the transfer market now they need to translate that into success on the football field which will translate into uh, success in the high school recruiting um, you know I mean there are still some guys that they're just not going to have a shot at that are going to go to um, the UTs the AMs, the Georgias uh, Alabamas all of all of that class, and to an extent, yes, even the Baylors and the TCUs right now. Um, but there are that kind of next class of, of elite high school prospects that I think SMU can have a really good shot at and should um, if they are able to translate the success from the transfer portal onto the football field, you know, win a conference champ, play for a conference championship, win a conference championship, win a bowl game, um, you know, be in that conversation, uh, right now to be the top, um, group of five team to play in a New York six bowl game. Um, and then do that consistently. And we'll see those things. Obviously the wait continues for that PAC 12 decision. And, um, if they're going to an extend an offer and, and everything there. And I do think that that then does translate into your high school recruiting. Uh, a lot is made of power five offers and committing to a power five school. And, um, you know, that label does carry some weight, um, in the recruiting world. Um, so that will obviously would be a boost, uh, for the program and recruiting, but also winning, you know, you can go to a power five school and stand there on the sidelines as you're a middle of the pack program in that power five conference, you know, or you can go to SMU where maybe as a true freshman or a red shirt freshman, you're playing as a sophomore, you're starting and you're winning a conference championship and you're going to a New Year's Eve bowl game or when the power, uh, playoff expands, you're going into the playoffs. Um, that means a lot too. So um, we'll see what happens with that, but I think you've got to get on, on the ground floor 
of these three and four and even five star recruits now. Um, you know, and talking to some of these guys, it does carry some weight that SMU was the first to offer them or that SMU really stayed in contact well with them and, and all of those things. Um, and so that'll be big moving forward. Um, also, uh, I have some spring high school football uh, practices scheduled for the end of this week and next week, uh, talking to some top SMU targets uh, in the 2024 and 2025 classes um, around the Metroplex um, and just some programs that SMU has recruited heavily, uh, building and growing those relationships uh, with those coaches and players. Uh, so subscribe to PonyStampede.com, get your VIP membership, um, get on the message boards uh, because those will be coming. Um, also coming the rest of this summer uh, will be some position-by-position position podcasts talking about what I saw in the spring, uh, some weaknesses, strengths, players to watch. Um, I've still got uh, plenty of coaches' interviews and player interviews from the spring that will be posted uh, throughout the summer when we're kind of in this uh, dead period uh, a little bit, so to say because uh, I want to st still get uh, quality content out to you guys um, who subscribed and uh, have stuck with it through the the change and everything uh, here at 24-7. And uh, what I'm trying to do is I continue to build up uh, relationships and contacts and everything else. Uh, so I really appreciate you guys. Um, I appreciate the conversations that uh, we're able to have on the message boards. I appreciate you guys asking some good questions, some that I know the answer to, some that I can then work on getting the answer to for you guys. Um, it always helps to know what you guys are looking for um, so I can give you the content that you want and you guys deserve. Um, so again, keep your membership up to date. I'm going to continue to have really good stuff for you this summer going to have some position breakdowns. We're going to have some more depth chart looks, um, all that good stuff. Um, lots more podcasts coming um, with a lot of uh, information uh, from the spring and, of course, any transfer commitments that come along, um, any uh, nuggets from the spring football recruiting trail and everything like that. So also make sure you are subscribed to the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll catch you next time. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.